the homily for the 24th Sunday after Pentecost. The epistle is taken from the Apostle St. Paul to the Colossians. Brethren, we cease not to pray for you, and to beg that you may be filled with the knowledge of the will of God, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of God in all things pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to the power of his glory, in all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to God the Father, who had made us worthy to be partakers of the lot of the saints in light, who had delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, the remission of sins. The Gospel is taken from the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. At that time Jesus said to his disciples, When you shall see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, he that readeth, let him understand. Then they that are in Judea, let them flee to the mountains. And he that is on the housetop, let him not come down to take anything out of his house. And he that is in the field, let him not go back to take his coat. And woe to them that are with child and that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter or on the Sabbath. For there shall be then great tribulation, such as hath not been found from the beginning of the world until now. Neither shall be. And unless those days have been shortened, no flesh should be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say to you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, do not believe him. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch as to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told it to you beforehand. If therefore they shall say to you, Behold, he is in the desert, go ye not out. Behold, he is in the closets, believe it not. For as lightning cometh out of the east, and appeareth even into the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Wheresoever the body shall be, there shall the eagles also be gathered together. And immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be moved. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with much power and majesty. And he shall send his angels with a trumpet and a loud voice, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest parts of the heavens to the utmost bounds of them. From the fig tree learn a parable. When the branch thereof is now tender, and the leaves come forth, you know that summer is nigh. So you also, when you shall see all these things, know ye that it is nigh at the doors. Amen, I say to you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <clears throat>
my dear friends, St. Paul today's, in today's epistle seems to give us an introduction to what our Lord is going to describe. Our Lord is describing here the coming of his kingdom. And St. Paul bids us give thanks to God because we have been taken away from the darkness of this world, from the power of darkness, he says, and we have been translated, transplanted, you could say, to the kingdom of light, to the kingdom of the saints, he says in light, the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he allows us to put ourselves in the right mindset before we consider these terrible events of the end of the world by thanking God and striving rather to make ourselves worthy of that new kingdom that is to come. Now in the gospel today, our Lord Jesus Christ gives what is perhaps the most important prophecy that he ever gave. And he puts together two events, one of them that was going to happen very soon, 50 years later, about 50 years later, the destruction of Jerusalem. And the other event that was going to happen long in the distance, far into the future, which has not happened yet fully, the end of the world. Our Lord gives us to these two events, and the little one, the one that is closer, is a blueprint, if you will, if you will a model, a miniature of the other one, the one that is further away in the distance, the end of the world. And so imagine when you read the gospel, try to understand how our Lord was speaking to the people that lived then in Jerusalem, and you can read it right there in the gospel. He said to them, there will come a time when you will see in the temple, in the holy place, two things, abomination and desolation. By abomination, I mean idolatry. I mean immorality. I mean sacrilege. By desolation, I mean that there will no longer be a sacrifice. You will not see the priests anymore performing those beautiful rites of the true religion. When you see this, standing in the holy place, our Lord said to them, Then if you are here, if you are in Jerusalem, if you are in Judea, flee to the mountains. And he said to them, Don't let anything stop you. The houses back then in Jerusalem had uh, a terrace, the, the housetop was a place where people would go there to relax, to sit down, watch the sunset, whatever they would do in the evenings. And from there, you had stairs that went out of the house. And then you would be able to, being out of the house, you would be able to enter back again into the main room through the main door. Our Lord is saying, if you are up there, don't and walk out, walk through, down through the stairs. Don't even turn to get into your house. That much, you sh that much you should hurry. Don't even get back into your house to get a luggage, to get, you know, a blanket, whatever it might be. No, run out immediately. Run out, he would tell them, because when the destruction of Jerusalem was coming, the Romans were making, uh, uh, they were surrounding the city. They were blocking the city. They were creating a blockade around it. And if you delay... If you delay a bit, a little bit, you might not make it through that blockade. The walls of Jerusalem might be closed. The gates might be closed. You might not make it out. 
So when you see these things happening, don't delay at all. Run away. Pray, he says, that your flee, your flight is not in the winter or on the Sabbath. In other words, pray that, pray that nothing hinders you from running away. Because he says to them, there will be then a great tribulation, a great catastrophe, as has never been seen before. Indeed, when the Romans were about to take Jerusalem, and when they did take Jerusalem, the carnage, the horrible cruelties that happened, have been beyond comparison. It is as if our Lord was telling them, run away, because those days will be so horrible. The mothers will kill their children in order to feed themselves. They will be so horrible that one man will turn against another, the greedy men will eat their treasures, and when the Romans come into the city, they will burn everything in the city. They will destroy the buildings with the people inside them. They will cut open the men, thinking that they will find their gold, their treasures, inside their bellies, because they had heard before that that's what they had done, that they had eaten their treasures in order to spare them from the Romans. You will see a horrible carnage, and few, if any, will be spared. That is what our Lord told the people living in those days in Jerusalem. Let us now take this, this blueprint, this uh, model that we have seen, and translate it to the next prophecy of our Lord, to the prophecy of the end of the world. And our Lord here again says to us, there will come a time when you will see in the holy place, there in the churches where I was worshipped, there in the churches where my doctrine was preached, there in the churches where the sacrifice, the holy sacrifice of the Mass took place, and especially in Rome, the holy place of all. In there you will see abomination and desolation. You will see that the sacrifice will cease, or will apparently cease. You will see that the priesthood will disappear, because the priests will be so scarce, and the bishops will be so few, that they will be hard to find. And you will see at the same time, in those holy places, abomination, moral abomination, horrible doctrines, destroying all kinds of morality and the family. You will see abomination in idolatry, idols being put into the churches, a Buddha being put on top of the tabernacle. You will see idols being brought into Rome, and people who portray to be kings and, and prophets and priests and the vicar of Christ adoring those idols. When you see these things, our Lord says, if you read this, understand. If you read this, pay attention to these words and meditate upon them, because you have been warned, understand them. When this happens, run away from these things. Run away from this false religion, but also run away from this civilization from all these things that carry with them the punishment of God. And when you run away, you will be tempted by prosperity. You will be tempted by the material earnings, by the material goods that you had in there. You might say to yourself, I want to go back. I want to go back so I can have a sure job. I want to go back so I can have a good name among these people. 
I want to go back so I can have the big churches, the big parish establishments, the big groups, the big schools. Our Lord says, don't. Run away even if you cannot get your coat. Run away even if you cannot get your material goods. Run away even if there is uncertainty in where you're going because you might not have time to run away later. Run away, our Lord says to us, because there will be a tribulation such as, has, as there has never been in the world. And our Lord, when he speaks of this tribulation, he means two. He means a material tribulation, a material catastrophe, disaster, and a spiritual one. The material, perhaps we have started to see already. When you saw the whole world involved in flames in the world war, the first one and the second one. When you saw millions of peoples being, being slaughtered in Russia, in Cuba, in China, in all those places, in Spain. Perhaps we have seen the beginning of this. Perhaps we haven't. But the spiritual tribulation we certainly have seen. And our Lord says of this tribulation that it is so terrible that even the good people, even the elect, even those who want to please God, could be deceived from it. What is this spiritual tribulation that our Lord describes? To put it in simple and few words, it means that the devil, the enemy, will be given the opportunity to deceive all of humanity or most of, the hum of humanity. And that under the guise of the true religion, under the, the guise of being a representative of Christ, even making miracles. Do you doubt me? Read the gospel. He says, If any man shall say to you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, do not believe him, for there, there shall arise false Christ and false prophets. And so he's saying this tribulation consists in that the devil will come as if he had my mission, as if he had my authority. And not only that, he will be even given to, give, to make wonders. Wonders like the ones that we read, that we hear, happen in Medjugorje. Wonders like the ones that we hear happen in certain churches where there are supposedly Eucharistic miracles. Wonders like the ones we read from the saints that supposedly live in the new church. A church that while has these wonders, at the same time promotes sin. At the same time promotes idolatry. It has miracles, they say. But at the same time, there is abomination and desolation. This is the tribulation that our Lord describes. And he's telling us here, when that happens, run away. Run away from this false church and run away from this civilization and don't let anything stop you. The next words that our Lord says are quite consoling because he says to us behold I have told it to you beforehand these words are meant to console us imagine how deceived we would be imagine how hard it would be for us to find the truth if Jesus Christ had not told us before that these things were going to happen 
How would we know that all of mankind or most of the earth would be under this danger of deception unless God had warned us beforehand? But it is as if our Lord was telling us, as a good father, when these things happen, don't worry. When these things happen, don't lose heart. I told you this was going to happen. I told you this was part of the plan. Why do you doubt? Why do you fear? I told you this was going to happen. So instead, try to prepare, try to be worthy, try to be in the right place so that you are not sucked in with all of all the, all, all of the people that will be deceived. So these are words of consolation. But after this, our Lord describes the part that we haven't seen quite yet. He says, after that tribulation, the stars, the earth, the moon, the sun, all of these things will be shaken. What he's telling us there, our Lord, what he's saying is that even those things that we considered more stable, even those things that we consider never, uh, that we would never be lacking, even those things will be moved. It is as if in that day God will come down to earth and he will take all those things, the things that the atheists used to mock him, the things that man used to be proud of himself, thinking, I know the laws of gravity, I know the laws of physics, I know all these things that I've discovered. And God will take all of these things and say, no, I changed them. No, I do what I want with them because this is my creation. And all this knowledge that you thought you had, it goes to nothing because I am the owner of it all. And then the pride of men will be crushed in one second. When all of those things that we consider eternal, we realize are nothing but creatures. And then our Lord says, we will see the sign of men up in the heavens. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. This is something that will happen. There will come a time where you will see a Joe Biden, a Nancy Pelosi, a Donald Trump, crying, looking at the cross on heaven. There will come a time when you will see your, in your incredulous friends, your family that perhaps mocks you, those people that do not believe with you, those people that do not believe in religion. You will see them all looking up into heaven, convinced more than you are right now that God exists and that Jesus Christ is the true God and that the Catholic Church is the only church. There will come a time when you will see all the Democrats, all the Republicans, all the politicians in America, in Mexico, in Europe, in China, the communists, Hitler, Stalin, all of those people. You will see them all crying, begging to God for mercy, convinced and wishing they could go to confession, wishing they could know the Catholic faith, wishing they belong there where you have been. You will see all these people believing firmly, knowing now firmly those things that we have been preaching from this pulpit, that priests before us and after us will preach from these pulpits, things that people mock right now. They will all believe it then. And as our Lord says, they will all mourn. A time will come when this will happen. And then, as our Lord Jesus Christ says, there will be no longer time for repentance. This will not be the time to change. If you were evil at that time, you will be judged as evil. If you were good and you tried to please God at that time, you will be spared as good. 
That there will be no time for repentance is clear because our Lord says, at that time the angels will come. And you will see crowds of people, all the people in the world. For God, they all forget of all the material things. They all forget of all their interests. You will see the singers, the movie stars, all those famous people wishing that they would be taken by the angels and they will not be. Imagine the horror that you would feel if at that moment you see that people next to you are taken and you're left behind. And that's what will happen. At that moment they will be separated. And those who are not rescued, those who are not taken by the angels, will be left to suffer the punishment. This, my friends, will happen. It is a reality. I might use here intonation and rhetorical resources. I might be using ways of preaching and I, may, I might be speaking with passion perhaps on this topic and you may say to yourself, that's a good sermon. Or maybe Father is preaching in this way or that way. Father is trying to impress me in this way or that way. Let's get rid of all of that. Let's preach it even to myself. The fact is that these things that I'm saying right now, we are certain that they will happen. We're certain that they will come to pass. We are seeing the beginning of it. And we have to understand it is infallible. It is absolutely certain. More certain than the earth that you stand on. More certain than the skies that you see. More certain than the sun that will rise in the morning or that will hide in the evening. It is more certain than that. And our Lord tells us that, he says, Amen, I say to you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. You will sooner see heaven disappear than this not happening. You will sooner see the earth collapsing, disappearing from under your feet than these words not taking place. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will not pass away. So my dear friends, it is a fact, it is a truth, that we will be judged, that Christ will come, that all the people in the world will see him and repent, perhaps too late for some, but they will all be convinced of these truths. What should we take from all of this? First, those things that our Lord has told us, we should not delay to run away from the fashions, the trends, the tastes of this world, of this civilization that is forgotten about God. Do not be afraid if people mock you. Do not be afraid if people don't believe as you do, because they will at one day. Just pray that they don't too late. But most importantly, from now on, as you know these things, try to live your life in such a way that you are ready for this. Try to live every day of your life in such a way that if at that time Christ came to judge us, if at that time the world would end, you would be happy, you would be at peace, you would be tranquil, you would be ready to go with him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.